outside waving for me to pull over too. So I pulled over. Came up to my window and said, what you think you're doing, boy? Well, uh, driving here on the way, say, why, why, why are you driving past the speed limit? Just because I'm doing that don't mean you can do it. Yeah, I thought they were supposed to. Anyway, <laughs> didn't matter what I thought. So the pastor had come up by this time as the sheriff asked me to step out of the car and the pastor behind me said stop and came up and he tried to speak to the sheriff and he said, Sheriff, I'm the pastor of a church where this young man is. He said, I have an interest in him. And the sheriff said, you've got an interest in him, but boy, i got a first claim on him. Well, he let me go. I did all right. No serious harm done. But I learned something. I'm not sure what it was I learned. <laughs> Don't mess with the sheriff who says it's one way, even if you think it's the other way. I did learn this. Some people that I don't really care a whole lot about do think that they have a claim on me. And there may be people who think they have a claim on you beyond what they really do. By claim, he meant he had first rights. He had to get through with his business with me before that pastor could have anything to do with it. I want to read you a scripture this morning from John chapter 14. We'll tell you something about claims that have been placed on us. This is what it says. First, uh, John 14 verses 30 and 31. Jesus is speaking and he says, I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Jesus stated clearly, unequivocally, Positively, certainly, the ruler of this world has authority and power given him by Almighty God, but he has no authority over me. He has no power over me. When Jesus was arrested, it seemed like a terribly dark day to all of his disciples. And it was, mostly, because of their limited understanding. But when they arrested him and the, his disciples, for the, in that first moment, were going to fight for him. So he paused to them and calmed them, and he said, I don't need to be defended. Don't you know that if I wanted to, I could call on my father, and he would send 12 legions of angels to rescue me. I don't have to be subject to this arrest. I could walk free from it right now like I have so many other times in my life and ministry. But this is not the time now. Things have changed. I'm not going to call for those angels to deliver me. I think about 61,000 plus angels could have set Jesus free, don't you? According to the numbers of the soldiers, the legions of Rome, it would have been about 61,000 in full 12 legions. So one could have set him free. 61,000 could have conquered the whole territory. That was 
Satan had a claim on him. When Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate said to him, Why don't you answer me? Don't you know that I have the authority of your life and death in, in my hands? I have authority over you. But Jesus said to him, You could have no authority, no claim over me unless it were given you from above. Unless Father God allowed it, you could have no authority over me. John 19, 11 is where that's recorded. So Jesus declared to Pilate, you may have the authority of Rome, and you may have the arrest authority, you may have the imprisonment authority, you may even have the authority of death, but you don't have any rights, authority, or claim over me. And we need to understand that, friends. I want to make this very, very clear to you. Jesus said, Pilate, you and Rome, from the emperor to the lowest soldier, none of you has any authority over me. None of you has any claim on me. If I wanted to, right now, with the soldiers around me and under arrest, I could walk out of this place in freedom. Still the 12 legions of angels. Still the claim that God the Father has given him power and victory and authority. No, Satan has nothing to use to exalt to, to exert power over the Lord Jesus Christ. So Satan has no claim on him. He makes it very clear again and again and again. No clearer could it be that in the wilderness of temptation when Satan was there, appealing to Jesus, he never said to Jesus, I can do this to you. He said, I'll do this for you. But he never said, I can do this to you. I can't make you do anything. He asked him to turn the stone into bread. He asked him to show himself as the Son of God. But he did not command him to do it. He did not make him do it because he had no power and no authority to make that happen. He never had any authority over Jesus from the time Jesus was a babe in Bethlehem to the time he rose from the dead and then ascended to heaven. Satan never had any claim on the life, the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. So why is that important for us to know? Because if he had no claim over Jesus, because of the way he has structured the kingdom and our part in it, Satan has no claim over us. He has no absolutely no authority to any degree at any level over you. He cannot place any claim on your life. Your life is in God's hands because you belong to Christ and you are in Christ and Christ is in you. I'll give you the scripture for that. That because of that, as there was no authority that could be exerted by the devil over Jesus, there's no authority that can be exerted over his people. And that's you and me. Hallelujah. So this is the way it stands in, in, the, in the kingdom. I've used this poem before. You've heard me give it to you before. It's a poem called My Advocate, written by Martha Snell Nicholson many, many years ago. One of the great poetesses, of, uh, I believe, of the Christian faith. This is the poem that she wrote. I sin, and straightway post-haste Satan 
flew before the presence of the Most High God and made a railing accusation. The soul, he said, this thing of clay and sod is sin. It is true that he has named your name, but I demand his death. I demand his death. Because you have said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Shall not your sentence be fulfilled? Is justice dead? Send now this wretched sinner to his doom. And thus night and day did he torture me. And every word he spoke, O God, was true. But then, then quickly one rose from God's right hand, before whom's glory the angels veiled their eyes. And he spoke. Each jot and tittle of the law must be fulfilled. It is true, this sinner dies. But wait, suppose his guilt were all transferred to me, and that I paid his penalty. Behold my hands, my side, my feet. One day I was made sin for him, and died that he might be presented faultless at thy throne. Then Satan flew away. Full well he knew. He could not prevail against such love, for every word my dear Lord spoke was true. So because Jesus died for us to forgive our sins, to make us children of God, to bring us into the terms of the atonement, to live in the victory of Jesus Christ and His power, it means Satan, the devil, the tempter, the destroyer of life, has no claim over any child of God. We are victorious in Jesus Christ, and we will stay victorious in Him. That's our victory, Jesus Christ. Here's what he says, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. For you died to this world, you, us, you and me. You died to this world, and your new, real life is hidden with Christ in God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone be in Christ, in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. In Christ. And this again he says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. The glory of this mystery, this mystery of God in us, Christ living in us, our living in Christ. That mystery, the glory of this mystery is Christ in you. The hope of glory. And then he says, If you were of this world, Jesus said, If you were of this world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of this world, that I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. In his high priestly prayer, Jesus said, He prayed to Father God. He was speaking about us. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. He's praying to the Father, declaring who we are, who we are in Him, how victorious we are in Him. So He is saying that we are totally identified with Christ. Our lives now are not our own. We are bought with a price. That's what the Scripture says as well. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. Therefore, glorify God in your bodies because we belong to Him. That's why we're incorporated with Him. We're a part of Him as He's a part of us, and we're united united totally and completely spiritually and powerfully, and that means Satan has no rule over us. Herein is your love made perfect. 1 John 4, 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, 
Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. We have the victory that Jesus has. We have the victory over death that Jesus has. We have the expectation of ascending to heaven just as Jesus did. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first and when we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds and so shall we ever be in the air with the Lord. We have all the expectation of Christ being fulfilled in us. And do you believe it? Do you claim it? Do you accept it? Do you stand on it? It means the enemy, listen to him, when, 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 when Satan wanted to come against Job, a righteous man of God, you know, he had to go before God and get God's permission. And he challenged him. He wouldn't serve you if you weren't, weren't blessing him so much. And he said, we'll see. God was right. Job served him nevertheless, but everything was taken away. But he could not touch him without God's permission. And I want to tell you, my friend, there's no way that the devil's able to touch you. He cannot touch you. He cannot penetrate the blood to touch you. Only if you give up, only if you don't believe it, only if you don't accept it, only if you don't stand on what God's Word says about it, only if you allow it to happen can the enemy touch you. If you stand in faith in what the Word of God says about you, the enemy cannot get through that blood that covers you and makes you a part of the body of Jesus Christ. You're whole and completed Him. He has, as Jesus said, He had no claim on Him. Because we are in him and he is in us, he also has no claim on us. No claim on us. At one time Jesus spoke to Simon Peter and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you and tempt you and try you. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. The only time Peter's faith failed was when he turned aside from following the Lord. And if your faith stands strong and you walk with him and you serve him and live in the power of his word and his promise and his declaration to you, you can live without the touch of the enemy on your life. Now you will say to me, but pastor, how about this sickness that I have? How about this weakness that I have? How about this infirmity that I have? And I will say to you, you're in God's hands and everything that comes into your life, God will give you victory over it. You may go through the battle, but you will win the victory. I will say to you, as the Father said to Paul, when he said, take this, take this wound from me, take this thorn in my flesh from me, and he prayed three times for it, and God said, I won't take it away, but my grace is sufficient for you. Because you are mine, and I will give you grace for victory. It doesn't mean because you have something happening in your body now, or in your spirit now, in your emotion now. It doesn't mean that the enemy has taken control of your life. It doesn't mean that he's put a claim on you. It means you do have to trust God to bring you through this, because the enemy cannot win the battle if you keep your faith in God. He cannot win the battle. Some of you come through things that you know God brought you through. Yes, medicine played a part in it because medicine was a gift of God. But still, God brought you through it. And He proved, God proved to you that cancer can't defeat you. He proved to you that those things that the enemy has put in, puts in, that try, tries to bring against you, God will bring you through them and bring you out 
because he will not allow him to put a claim on your life, not a claim on your spirit life, not a claim on your soul, not a claim on your eternity, not a claim on your victory, not a claim on your power with God. You have a standing with God. Hold on to it. Hold your place with God. Don't give up one degree to the enemy and realize that he has no claim for anything that he can do against you in your life. Do you believe that? I believe it. I believe it. I know some of you fought battles. I fought battles too. Sometimes we give up. We give up by relinquishing our own authority. Do things, say things, think things that really are not spiritual and really not of God. But He will bring us out of that and teach us and show us. It's a, it, 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 it's a, it's a step after step walk, my friends. Listen. No matter where you're standing right now in your life right now, I want to tell you, you're not standing where you are dealing with what you're dealing with in your life right now because the enemy has a claim on you. He doesn't. You are God's. You belong to Jesus Christ. He lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You live in Him. Greater is He that is in you. Greater is He that is in you than He's in the world. I don't know if you keep hearing that little ding-dong going on in here. Because I'm looking at it. Just pardon me a minute. I never do things like this. I'm trying to make sure about Carolyn. And it doesn't come as anything bad's going on. Don't you know that? So you're no claim. You're a no claim person. No claim from the enemy. Becky, you're not claim. That's not, that's not an enemy that has a claim on you. God's got the victory for you. No claim on you. <laughs> fighting you about 
telling you that he's got something to hold over you. Something to keep you from having what God wants you to have. The God for having from having God's best that God wants you to have and keeping you from that. He wants to turn that around. He wants to turn that around and say to you, I believe the Lord spoke this in my heart about four years ago. I was dealing with some things and praying and seeking God about it. And I came across this scripture and I just started following all these other scriptures that the Lord began to show me. And He showed me clearly and plainly. No matter what it seemed like, I had the assurance that He had no claim on me. And I shared with you that assurance. He has no claim on you. Miss Jane, He has no claim on you. You've got the victory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All over this side, all over even here. There's nobody over here that he has a claim over. Sin is the only one thing he can put as a claim over us. When we rebuke that and stand in Christ, we are free in Christ and free indeed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you believe that, there's something that you want to just say to Sometimes we just need to say this back to the Lord. Lord, I know, no matter what the devil's been trying to make me believe, no matter what he's been saying to me, no matter how he's been pulling on me, tugging me, putting pressure on me, I know he has no authority to do it. I know he has no claim over me. You want to declare that to the Lord one more time. Lord, I know it. I believe it. I remember when you sent me free, Lord. Those who the sun set free are free indeed, totally free. I want to, I want to, I want to claim that again, my own claim is that I have that freedom in Christ. I'm going to invite you to come and step up to around this altar this morning. Whatever your status is with the Lord, I'm not asking what your personal status is. I'm saying if you want to exert that authority, no claim, say to the Lord, I believe it, I accept it. He has no claim over me. I think this is the time to make it known. Lord, I believe that. Come up here to this altar. Let's close this place standing around here at this altar this morning. Let God do something in our hearts. Think of something. Whatever you're dealing with right now.